Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist, to focus more on the emotional connection than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Well, well, well. We've come to the end of award season at last. I'm Aaron, and with me is my best friend, co-host, and the director of a live-action short film last year that was better than what won an Oscar, Patch. You love me. I you do. really love me. I do, and I mean it. I do mean it. It's not hyperbole. I believe your film was definitely better than the one that stood on that stage and accepted that statue. So, uh, yeah. I, I need my own golden trophy. I will be happy to make you one. Great. I'm looking forward to that. Out of aluminum foil... Painted gold with spray paint. Whatever works, man. <laughs> Whatever works. Well, the Oscars are over, buddy, and thus concludes a tumultuous award season, to say the least. Or at least we are moving closer to award season being over. I'm sure that the vitriol towards certain things will probably linger around for another week or so, at least until Captain Marvel comes out and we all forget about it and start talking about that movie instead. Brie Larson always makes me forget my troubles. There we go. So was it good? Was it bad? Was it a little of both? I look forward to chatting with you about this year's 91st Academy Awards. And then afterwards, we are going to announce for the very first time the winners of the 2019 Feelers Choice Awards, nominated and voted on by just the listeners of our podcast. It's a super exciting event for us, and we are really anxious to share with you all the great collection of winners chosen by you. So without further ado, on with the show. And we're going to kick this off with the finalization of our giveaway. Now, on last week's episode of FF Plus, the one where we made our Oscar predictions, we announced that we had three copies of the foreign language film Burning to give away to some lucky winners. And what we asked is that our listeners sent in a specific pick that Patrick and I had made, uh, sent us an email with that pick. And they would be entered into the contest. And I was pretty excited, Patrick. We got a whole slew of entries into this contest. So it was a lot of fun hearing from folks that are not part of the Facebook group specifically. Um, listeners that I haven't necessarily interacted with on social media and got to read some great emails and encouragement from folks. So thank you to everyone who submitted for this contest. Um, so we were really, really blown away by that. And now we are going to draw three winners uh, from those who submitted their entries. I have a bunch of little cards in my hand with names on them. I've shuffled them so many times they're about to like fall apart. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold these names up to the camera one at a time and let Patrick read off the winners. So the first Blu-ray goes to Stephen Keller. All right. I hate, you know, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome because Steven was really, really excited about this and wanted to win badly. So it's pretty neat that his name came out of this uh, group, no matter what else happens here. Absolutely. All right. Number two goes to Becky Watkins. Awesome. Best sound effects. Is that a category? We need to start that one up. All right. That's the sound editing right there, sir. <laughs> Somebody needs to explain this to the Academy. And <laughs> the third and final winner of the Burning Blu-rays is... M.J. Smith. 
All right. Well, congratulations to Stephen, Becky, and MJ. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. We will contact you via email very shortly. Get your addresses and get your Blu-ray in the mail. The only thing we ask is that you let us know what you think of the movie when you get a chance to watch it. I personally absolutely love it. I think I said this on the last show, but it's my second favorite foreign language film from 2018, and I'm excited to hear what you guys think. And with that done, Patrick, it's time to get into the Oscars, which we are going to kick off this conversation by finding out who won our Oscar prediction pool. Now, on FF Plus, we kind of off the cuff decided that what we were going to do is send our sheets of integrity, that is our predictions with confidence points, to one of our staff members, Jeremy. And we were going to let him do the tallying up of our answers and find out who the victor was for this year's competition. Of course, the winner, as always, gets a pop figure from the loser. So here's Jeremy with the results. Before I hit play, are you nervous? I'm always nervous. In fact... <laughs> At the end of the Oscars, I fully confessed to this. I messaged him and said, did I win? He goes, <gasps> Patrick. I was just seeing if he had enough integrity to tell me what he did. And it's like, you'll find out tomorrow. Good so, for him. Good job, Jeremy. I did not even count up my own confidence points. I've waited for this moment. So shame on you. Whatever. You've <laughs> already lost in my book. All right. Well, here's Jeremy. Hey, Aaron and Patrick. This is Jeremy with your hashtag integrity point total for the Oscar prediction competition. The betting money in Vegas was all on Aaron after Patrick really failed to even show up in the Golden Globes prediction. Did Patrick shock the world? He didn't do too bad, getting 12 out of 24 categories correct with a point total of 202. Unfortunately for him, though, Aaron had a New England Patriots-esque consistent, a.k.a. boring performance, getting 16 out of 24 categories correct for a whopping 234 points. Aaron wins the Tony the Lip Funko Pop. Good game, guys. Okay, so I guess I've lost in more than just your book. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Woo! Do it. Back to back to back. I'm going to go into pop debt, and I'm not even going to have anything to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm going to have lots to show for your ineptitude at picking things but for real man this was fun and this was yeah. close and i think confidence points your suggestion by the way was really good for us yeah i think so too because the fact is even if as you see the 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 picks out of 24 i got less than you did but confidence points help kind of level that playing field and i think when you play with confidence points, it's almost like when you're, when you have, when you own a fantasy football team, you're pulling for categories that you don't even care about because you might have a high number. And then those that you're really not into at all, people might expect that. Like I was, you know, I gave three points to bow or something like that. Even though people know I love animated shorts, they're like, Oh, dad, you got, yeah, you picked it. And it's like, yeah, but. I only got like two or three points attached to that. So I'm not going to do that. But I think, I think confidence points help kind of keep the uh, interest level high, especially I wasn't at an Oscar party. And so I was home with my lovely wife and six year old 
And that kept things very interesting throughout the night. So I was, uh, I think this should be the way going forward personally. I completely agree with you. And confidence points only really work if you have a good knowledge of the subject, whether it's a sporting event or in this case, the movies. If you just kind of are a casual fan and you're just picking based on mascot or in the case of the Oscars, just picking based on like, oh, I think I've heard that actor's name before, <laughs> then confidence points is not the way to go because you're going to get wrecked most likely. Or it's just it's going to come out. It's going to be incredibly lucky. Whereas for us, this added a whole layer of strategy to it. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was more than just picking the winners. And it was also nice in a way to be able to kind of go with the heart pick a little bit on a couple yeah. of these. Uh, for example, I picked Green Book as my yes, Best Picture winner, but I only gave it one point because I just I was not at all sure about it. So sure, I won a point, but it's a lot different than the, the the value of that one point for me winning Green Book is completely different than the value would have been of me winning one out of twenty four categories if that was a, if we were doing it straight. Right, right. The value is placed less on the category and more on the point value associated with that, which gives you that option to. Pick what you love and balance that out with picking what you know will win. It sure does. Well, I have a little bit of a request here because I wanted to see if we could get me a pop that I chose this year. So mm. I love the idea of it being something tied to the 2019 Oscar ceremony. And because this is the year that a certain film broke a lot of ground, um, specifically winning its first ever Oscars for this studio amongst many other diverse achievements, I realized that my Killmonger pop is looking a little lonely over there on my Marvel shelf, and I think T'Challa needs to join him. So I think that in memory of the 2019 Oscars, a Black Panther pop would be completely in order. Um, that is to say, unless you can find me a Tony Lip and Don Shirley two-for-pack, with an Impala. That would be pretty sick. And I would, that would that. be, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I could sit well, right but, underneath but, my La La Land twofer. <laughs> well, thank goodness for wish lists on Amazon. So despite what I may or may not be able to find, you will get a pop and it will be one you enjoy. So if it's T'Challa, fantastic. If it's, if it's Lip and Shirley, maybe so, uh, or it may be something else completely. So at the very least, you can revel in the fact that you're getting a pop from me. And hopefully I can make a comeback for Marsh Madness. Hey, that's always the hope, right? And this time it's right around the corner, so it won't be too long. So I think we officially have four competitions in a year, right? Now that the Oscars are coming around, so you have the Oscars, March Madness, Director Month, and the Bowl Pick'em, right? I think so. So, th so there are four opportunities. I don't know if I can afford any more than four opportunities to lose in a given year, unless the... Facebook group wants to show me some love and give me a pop or something like that. Just wait, like no, a, a no. consolation pop. No, you wait, hear, you this hear is your folks. You know, if you get to reach out and, and give it to me. No, no, no trophies for losing in the feel and film group. That's give me a millennial pop. Oh my goodness, great! Don't you guys dare! <laughs> Don't you do it! All right, well, we are gonna move on to our Oscar talk, and we're gonna kick this off, Patrick, with some history because. As I mentioned, this Oscars was incredibly diverse, uh, one of the most diverse in history, so many records broken, so many achievements in this, and I wanted to make sure that we highlighted a whole slew of these. So I apologize 
to anyone if I have missed something, but I've written down and noted a whole bunch of different facts here that I wanted us to go over. So we're going to start here. Bow director Domi Shai became the first woman of color to win the Oscar for Best Animated Short. Wow. I did not know that. That's really amazing. Yeah, it really is. And I think she actually has been tagged to do a Pixar movie based on this as well. So she, I think, Yeah, I think you're right. She's going to move on from that. And I think that's really exciting and really cool because it shows that these shorts have value. A lot of people think of them as like throwaways, but I have come to really enjoy short films over the years. And yeah, I mean, it's a it's a unique challenge, as you know. Short films are really great because they they help stretch your legs creatively. They give you an opportunity to tell your own stories. And she hinted at that. Well, she didn't hint. She actually just blatantly said, don't give up on the stories that you're creating. I mean, she was calling out young girls who were in their sketch pads and, and really trying to she didn't want them to have their dreams squashed by the fact that, you know, who knows if you're going to get a story made. And she even called out the fact that it's a bit quirky. It's a different kind of kind of short film, which I definitely agree. And it wasn't my favorite. But what I can appreciate about what she said is the fact that the short film gives her a chance to um, to live in that space. Her writing partner even said that uh, at the time when they were filming this, making this putting this together, she was a new mother. And so she got to in invest a lot of her kind of personal experiences into that, into that story. That's like triple creepy now, knowing that she was an actual new mother at the time. <laughs> Not her, but, but oh. her, her writing partner, I think. Based on the, the, the odd choice of things that happened in that movie. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that really, really cool. So happy for her. So next we had Ruth E. Carter, who I was rooting very hard for, to win, she became the second black woman ever to win a non-acting Oscar, and that was for best costume design for Black Panther. Um, beside her, Hannah Beachler, right after that, became the third black woman ever to win a non-acting Oscar, and that was for best production design for Black Panther. These were two categories I thought absolutely should have gone to Black Panther. I was really proud to see that. This was where I thought the film should be awarded super cool to have the second and third ever happen in the same Oscars for the same movie. Absolutely. And and having seen their acceptance speeches and just how excited they were and how grateful they were. It was, um, it was really, really satisfying to see how production design and, and costumes could, could really make a film stand out like black Panther. And I think that's, I agree with you. I think that Black Panther needed to win these categories, not because it didn't have a chance at, at Best Picture, as we saw anything was was on the table by the time the uh, the Best Picture got announced. But seeing both of these categories go to Black Panther, I think what it does is it it elevates the superhero genre, which I think you alluded to on social media that it is its own genre and that. You know, this is the one small step at this point where we have more product. We have more of the production awards probably going to superhero movies eventually because of the weight of things like Avengers Infinity War and some of the issues that Black Panther uh, tackled. We're going to start seeing more of that. I feel like we will. And I think we saw movies like that in the past. But having Black Panther in this arena this year, specifically with those two categories was 
I think a good just kind of punch right to the uh, the Oscar saying, hey. It's not just a fad. It's not just superheroes. I mean, this is quality production, and it made sense. I mean, I remember the production design and the costume design of Black Panther more than any other movie that was nominated. I absolutely agree with that, and it meant something to the people that embraced this film from a cultural standpoint as well. Like It was important to them to see themselves represented in a an accurate way by people mm-hmm. – who were like them. And I think that recognizing that for the Oscars was a huge step as well. And, and really, just really, really proud and happy for those two. So congrats, ladies. So together with Regina King, who won Best Supporting Actress, yay, this marked the first time ever that more than one black woman has won in the same year. So not only was it the first time that two African-American women had won in the same year, it was the first year that three African-American women had won in the same year. So... All kinds of records falling there. Moving down, we have Roma, which is the first Mexican film to win Best Foreign Language Film. That was a bit of a shock, especially considering one of the stats I'm going to bring up here in a second. I, I did not know that. Um, so, you know, Viva La Mexico, I guess. Uh, good for them. Uh, I don't think that that one was ever in question, but definitely mm-hmm. understood that it, it was a worthy winner. I love Quran's Speak- speech. Go ahead. No. I was going to say, I love Corrin's speech where he talks about he grew up watching foreign films like like Jaws and like Star Wars and <laughs> getting that chuckle from the audience, really kind of reinforcing the fact that Roma as a film, I don't ever think of it as a foreign language film because it was in such prominence in other categories, including best picture, best cinematography, best director. And so to to see him really elevate it as a foreign film and knowing that it it sits among other great ones in that category. Um, I, I loved his, hearing him dote on it from from that perspective. Yeah, me too. He, he's a great director and obviously visionary. There's no doubt about that. Um, he also became the first person ever to win the Cinematography Award for a movie that he also directed. So really cool accomplishment there. I actually mm-hmm. thought that um, Paul Thomas Anderson could have – been in the running for a similar um, award with Phantom Thread, but mm-hmm. he did not get the DP, is what it's called, Director of Photography nomination. Um, he was he got the credit, but he was not able to get an Oscar nom due to whatever technicalities. So it's pretty rare that a director shoots his own movie. And yeah, I, th- I think that's probably it, what it is. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cuaron is also part of a trio, if you will. Uh, of Mexican directors, Cuaron, Guillermo del Toro, and Inaritu, who have won, get this, Patrick, this is a mind-blowing stat, in my opinion. These three Mexican directors have won four, the last four, Best Director Awards, and five out of the last six Best Director Awards. The only person to win Best Director in between them was Damien Chazelle, who won for La La Land. That is incredible. (laughs) I mean, I I don't even know how to put that in perspective. The dominance of these men, it was, it was, and it's such a, it's a, such a vast difference in films. It's not, Mm -hmm. they're not, obviously Roma is the first foreign language one. So there was, um, Roma. There was, uh, Cuaron also won the best director award for Gravity. Mm-hmm. Del Toro won for Shape of Water. 
uh, an Inaritu one for both Birdman and the Revenant, I believe. Yeah. So what we have here is is two things happening. One, we see an elevation of creativity and talent coming from one country that isn't called the United States. And we've also got a diversified palette of storytelling in these, these three guys and these, these films that they directed. I love that. I love the fact that we can see one that their nationality doesn't dictate what they do, but at the same time, because of these awards and because of the consistency the last five or six years, there's a there's a definite like dominance of this country, especially with the fact that, you know, Roma is the first Mexican film to win, to win foreign language. So that tells me that you don't have to be in your country of origin necessarily to be great. And, and these three guys, I think, are are making that stamp by saying, look, we're storytellers. We're not just national storytellers, although we want more of that and, and we can we can embrace that. We are storytellers first and foremost in our nationality is something we're proud of, but it's also a part of who we are because we're directors as well and we're we're creatives. And it's just really cool to see that. Yeah, this is the modern day three amigos, but in a, in a much <laughs> oh uh, more successful way. <laughs> uh, Mahershala Ali won. He became the first black actor to ever two-peat in the same category, uh, winning again for Best Supporting Actor after winning the same award for Moonlight two years ago, aside from the fact that he probably should have been the lead in that film for Green Book, but hey, whatever. And also became the second ever black actor to win two Oscars at all. <laughs> and he is only second, or the, the only other person that has done that is Denzel Washington. So you want to talk about some incredibly high company he is in right there. Um, I love this. And I, I don't, I don't think that it means Mahershala Ali is one of the, the greatest actors in the history of acting. I, d I don't know. He is phenomenal. He's had a great beginning of his career here where he's broken out in the last four or five years. I think these kind of records speak to an opening of the Academy. And I really do see the floodgates going from here, where I think we're going to see more and more and more diverse winners. Three of the four acting categories went to people of color this year. So, I mean, there is, there is, it is no longer a block to winning an award. At least it does not seem that way. Um, it seems that that has been blown down. And I mean, time will tell. Hopefully it will continue. Um, so kudos to Mahershala for just stepping in with an absolute giant of acting history uh, like Denzel as the only second black actor ever to win two Oscars. We got Spike Lee's first ever Oscar win for Best Adapted Screenplay. Gotta say, Samuel L. Jackson's level of excitement when Spike Lee won and when he read that award off, I, I need more of that in my life because that yeah. was some happy stuff right there. Definite candidness there and definite just no nonsense when, when Spike came up and there was that big bear hug with between him and, and Sam, Samuel. And then you have the speech to end all speeches by Spike 
it, I think that was probably the one of the most memorable sequences in Oscar history for me personally. From the moment that <laughs> that that Jackson announces him to coming up to the bear hug to the speech, I think it was all. This is what the Oscars should be, and it it's not the Golden Globes because it's not a big giant you know party necessarily, but it's a this is why we celebrate awards. We don't celebrate awards because we want to just give that golf clap or we want to stand up when we need to. This is people getting excited. And I love seeing that from actors and actresses. And in fact, I was telling Krisha, the technical awards are probably some of my favorites to hear from because these are people that you'd never see. These are people that are behind the scenes. And I feel like they're the most candid. They have a speech ready, but they're really feeling more like they're off the cuff. And I think Spike Lee's whole thing was uh, was right on par with that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it was a good speech. Um, I liked it quite a bit, even though it was it was a little bit hilarious to me that he was winning for screenplay, which is a writing award. And the speech was all over the place. Like you would you would not have believed that this man wrote such an amazing, coherent screenplay if all you heard was him trying to get through this speech. And clearly, he was excited beyond belief. This is uh, an achievement for him that is long overdue um, and very heavily celebrated in that room. And it was just a really cool moment uh, to see for him. Also had Rami Malek winning for Bohemian Rhapsody. Became the first Arab American to ever win an Oscar, and he did so by winning Best Leading Actor. I know you really liked him in that role, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like him as an actor in general. I, I started watching him um, as the lead actor in the TV show Mr. Robot, and having that picture in my head, and then seeing him as Freddie Mercury, I got cautiously excited about it, and I'm I'm higher on Bohemian Rhapsody than a lot of people. I mean, it, it it's a favorite of mine. I really enjoyed it. And watching him up there, the thing that stood out to me was when he was announced that he as the winner, he turned to his sweetheart and he kissed her and then he walked and then he turned back and he kissed her again. I mean, that to me felt so genuine. Uh, you know, they, they acted together in Bohemian Rhapsody and through that they became, you know, they're a couple. And those moments, I think, are incredibly genuine. Steve Carell did something similar at the Golden Globe several years ago with, with his wife. And I, I love that stuff. And so for him to get up and when you feel like a speech isn't manufactured, when you feel like you can be articulate and get everything out in a limited time frame, I think he did a fantastic job up until the moment that he fell off the stage. <laughs> yeah, listeners, if you're not aware, <laughs> it was circulating after the fact that Rami was coming down from the stage and just there's a video and you can just barely see him going off camera where he just plummets and falls straight off the stage. He saved the Oscar, which is good, and he wasn't seriously injured, so yay but it was it was a little bit funny and also a little bit scary because that's a pretty steep stage i mean that's not like just a short fall that was a, a pretty big one I, I agree with you i actually did not know he was dating lucy boynton until this award show and saw him kiss her and i was like wait a second what is going on like that's not a normal co-star to co-star kiss that's happening right there and of course you and i uh, and listeners of this show many of you will know lucy boynton from her previous role where she kind of came onto the stage 
in Sing Street. So she is the amazing affection of the lead character. Um, Rafina, I believe is her name. Yes. We fell in love with her then and then she went on to this and, and there's good things in her future as well. So yeah, but congratulations to Rami on being the first Egyptian American, I guess, to ever win an Oscar. And then we also had, as I previously mentioned, the first ever Oscar for a Marvel movie. It took like 18 Marvel movies to get an Oscar. That is insane. I, I, I was shocked that no Marvel movie had won best VFX or sound or something already. Like cost nothing, Patrick, nothing. And it broke the door down with Black Panther. And we talked about it, it won three of them. Best costume, best production design, design and best original score. Um, wasn't my favorite score, but it's definitely a memorable score. And I understood why it was nominated and was completely okay with that. So um, kudos, man, to that film and, and its three victories for Marvel Studios yeah. and being nominated for Best Picture. Because if this starts allowing those films to be taken seriously, I'm going to be thrilled. So the idea of being quote, taken seriously is an interesting phrase because I think that's been the big frustration is that oh it's a superhero movie so therefore it doesn't deserve to be in this category here's what i think is going to happen i think a lot of people i say a lot of people i'm not going to do that there there's a contingency of people who feel like black panther didn't deserve the nominations that it got because there were other predecessors from the marvel universe that were quote better movies but the fact is to be blunt Black Panther was a game changer in terms of its story, in terms of having the quality, being part of the kind of the grown up version of Marvel Studios. This was not Iron Man. This was not Incredible Hulk. This is this is Black Panther. And this is a a lower tiered superhero that busted the box office and made fans of a new generation of kids. And it was helmed by a director who effectively told two stories and did so in a way that was compelling, entertaining and all this stuff. And so if you're saying that black Panther didn't deserve it because other movies were better before it, that's a subjective opinion. The fact is black Panther earned every spot in the nominations listing. And I will tell you that I didn't expect it to win anything outside of those categories, but that was because the, competition was stacked i mean there was so much out there that the academy could have picked from best picture i was kind of surprised that ryan coogler didn't have his name on the best director list because you and i both know he's a fan i mean we're a fan of his he's a fan of ours too no he's not <laughs> but he might be we don't know who knows i, I would love to think that he is <laughs> but but we've really enjoyed everything that he's done and he's done so with a really great sense of purpose to, no matter what kind of genre it is between fruitvale station and creed and now black panther i just i feel like this movie kind of brought with it all the character traits that made marvel movies great and then just exploded because of that extra dynamic storytelling and theme and issues that it was tackling uh, within its narrative. Yeah, absolutely, man. Totally worthy and really, really cool moments for, for that film and, and the wins that it was able to take home. Well, let's talk about some other highlights, um, some favorite moments. We can hit on a couple not favorite moments if you want as well. If you have any of those, 
I want to also say right up front, we're not going to get into Green Book and the controversy around whether or not Green Book should have won Best Picture. Patrick and I are both fans of the film. We enjoyed it pretty much immensely, honestly, and we have an entire episode dedicated to that that you can go back and listen to and hear our thoughts on it. I don't think that they've really changed. We're definitely listening to the conversation out there, um, trying to hear what people have to say, but we're not going to get into a big debate about that here on the show. That's not what this is for. Um, and we're just going to kind of move along. So, you know, I do want to say that I think that the preferential ballot played a big role in the Green Book winning. That is why I picked it to win Best Picture in the first place. If you are not familiar with what the preferential ballot is, it's a system that was just implemented this year. So it's new and it's shocking. Uh, there's a video out there on YouTube that I actually put in our Feel and Film Facebook group. So if you go to the Facebook group, you can find it. I really encourage everyone to watch it because it's not what you might think. You don't just pick your top four and your top four get points. There's this whole method of doing the, the breakdown of where you put your, where you ranked all eight best picture nominees that determines who gets the win. And if you watch it, you can very clearly see how something that starts off as the favorite and gets the most first place votes can quickly become eclipsed by something that is on a lot of second and third place ballots. So that is, I think, how Green Book won, um, for better or for worse. And it's worth exploring and looking into. Hostless show, Patrick. How did it work for you? Really, really well. This was probably the biggest highlight of the night for me the production felt tighter it felt more purposeful it didn't feel like it was just bloated with unnecessary stuff um i am and this may i may be in the majority but or the minority i don't know i'm in one of those two obviously but i love a show that centers around awards and it's the oscars right but when you start out with a host and then you attach performances from original songs and then you include tribute to those who we have lost in Hollywood in the, in the movie industry. And then you attach other subsequent awards that were previously awarded at other ceremonies in the past, you know, couple of weeks that gets to be pretty long. And it wasn't even the length because I think the Oscars, they finished up at like three hours and 12 minutes, which is about average. But I felt like the production value was just like getting it done. Like, let's move on. Let's move on. And I like that. I like the fact that we didn't feel like we had to hear commentary from a comedic standpoint or from a political standpoint, that it was just about the awards. And I think that more emphasis because of the lack of a host, more emphasis was seen on the winners and on their reactions where we didn't see that in the past. Um, so for me, I want more of that. I want hostless Oscars from now on. Dude, could not agree with you more. I am all on board the hostless train at this point. Um, not the hostess. I, I'm a keto. I can't have those. But the hostless train. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I agree. The production value was really good. It was really tight. The show moved along at such an exceptionally great pace. And they did come in really close to that three-hour time that they were shooting for. It was shorter. Usually they go between 3.30 and closer to 4. So I believe the average recently had been like 3.45 to 3.50. 
So they, they did significantly better with time this year. And you're right. The less political commentary was a huge, huge thing for me because, you know, if an actor who's won an award wants to spend their two minutes saying something, I have a lot more grace for that because you've won that time. You've earned that platform moment. And if that's what you want to do with it, then who am I to tell you what to do with it? I cannot prefer it, but you've earned it. Whereas when we have all these hosts that are trying to make a statement kind of for the people collectively, I just get turned off by that. And it, it really interrupts the flow of the show. This was your right. It's all about the awards moving from one to another. <laughs> and frankly, I actually love the way it opened up with a host um, of sorts. The Amy Schumer, Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph bit that started the show off was fantastic. Those three ladies <laughs> were amazing. And I thought that was just a really fun little kind of like a host to start it off, but not really. I was a little nervous. I was like, how are they going to transition between awards? But it worked out so well. So the thing that, yeah, go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off there. So the thing that I noticed was that you needed to start the Oscars some way. And it needed a host or hostess type thing like, hey, here we are. But it didn't have to have the, look at, here's Tom Hanks. And he's picking his nose. And look, here's Brad Bird. He's got the last name Bird. You know, it wasn't that. But I think a lot of power went to the narration of the voiceover. And I think that was probably the best thing you could do as far as like transitions. Please welcome blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I thought as much as I don't really care for Melissa McCarthy, I thought her and I don't remember who the guy was coming out to announce the best costume design. And she was wearing that atrocious dress with all the from the favorite. With Horatio and the bunnies. The, the stuffed bunny. Yeah, oh, gosh. It was hilarious. That's pretty funny. Even Christian was laughing at that. And I, I didn't even like that movie, and I was dying. It was so it funny. It was hilarious. It was so yeah. funny. It was totally funny. Well, what other favorite moments did you have from the show? What are some of your highlights? So as far as the awards, Spider-Verse winning Best Animated Feature, I was leaning forward when the announcement was happening. I was like... Not only please win because I put a lot of points on this, but please win because you're Spider-Verse and you need this. And when they announced it, I did this big fist pump and Krisha looked at me like, you're so silly. And I said, babe, this was this is my heart pick right here. This is where my head and my heart aligned. And I think it was the one movie that I really wanted to win, that if it didn't win, I would be I would be genuinely disappointed um others that i'd picked i i thought eh, okay well i'm all right with that or that makes sense but the accomplishments that the animation team for spider-verse have done not only visually but but using um lord Mil is it lord miller yeah i keep rem i always want to call them by their last names these guys are an incredible pair when it comes to their writing, you know, the, they're the, the, the writing minds behind the, the Lego movie, Lego Batman. And what once was the flash live with Ezra Miller. I, I love seeing them play in this, this playground and using an animation style that hasn't been seen before seen. So, and done so purposefully seeing how they, they just completely celebrated or almost were like little kids when they got up there. And 
I want more of that. I want more movies in the animated feature to not be Pixar and Disney. And I, and this is coming from a guy who likes those. I mean, I'm a big Pixar fan and a big Disney fan. But when you know that, oh, it's going to be Disney or it's going to be Pixar because those are the movies that come out and those are the movies that pretty much dominate because Disney's basically dominating everything these days. It was so refreshing to see a movie not only take home the the Oscar, but to take take it home deservedly. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a a guilt thing. It was like, yes, it was clearly a better movie in the animation category than these other two. And man, Incredibles two and Ralph Breaks the Internet, these were great. These were not duds by any stretch of the imagination. So to see it come out and beat such highly touted movies, uh, it made me really happy. Well, I was happy for you. Um, I, I too thought that it probably should win, even though I was rooting for Isle of Dogs personally, but it was a stacked category. Mm-hmm. There were, there were three other very, very good contenders, but Spider-Man was clearly the one that Black panthered the conversation. I mean, it, it took over the cultural conversation and it, it was so widely beloved and so on such a massive scale that it would have been an upset if it hadn't won. And it would have been upsetting <laughs> if it hadn't won too. So, yeah. so I'm happy for you. Uh, that's kind of how I felt about free solo. So when documentary was like the third award to get um, announced, I was really, I was leaning forward. My party probably didn't understand why I was going crazy. You know, I was like, I've I've interviewed an Oscar winner. Like, holy cow moment there for me. Um, I was a little annoyed because Elizabeth Chai, um, Basar Holly, did all the talking and the kind of actual director of the film, Jimmy Chin got to say like, thank you and passing as he was being drug off the stage by his wife and Alex and his girlfriend, Alex didn't get to say a word. So it was a little disappointing for me. The speech was not great, but I was so happy to see them awarded this uh, definitely deserving. Awesome to see him up on stage. Uh, Alex actually was wearing a tuxedo made by North face, of course, because duh, he had to have been like, that's pretty cool. He had a special one made. I thought that was awesome. Um, first man winning VFX was a huge upset. I let out an incredible cheer in the room when that happened. Uh, I expected that to go to Avengers. I would have been fine if it went to Avengers or Ready Player One, but I definitely wanted Giselle to get that. It gives him Oscars in his last three films in a row. In Whiplash, La La Land, and now in First Man. I thought First Man should have had sound editing as well and whatever bohemian raps if the academy has no idea what sound editing and film editing is either to give bohemian rhapsody film editing i don't even know what they're they're talking about i mean i will give you the live aid concert is edited fantastically but the rest of the film is nothing at all special so it's kind of strange those two going to bohemian rhapsody in my opinion but yeah free solo and first man were Big wins for me. Um, wasn't a big fan of the skin win. If you listened to our FF Plus episodes, so this one, best live action short. Gross. It is gross. And I actually went back and re-listened to the speech that the um, directors gave when they got up on stage. And I was pretty torn here because it was really cool seeing their passion. Like, they were super excited, dude. Like, you were talking about how... It's fun to see those smaller categories. Those people like no have no inhibition. They're just just jacked to be on an Oscar stage. I love seeing that energy from them, but I don't agree with their message. They actually said this film is about education. It's about teaching your kids a better way. 
And I was like gagging because I was like, how in the world? First of all, I'm not letting my kids watch this. So how is it about teaching my kids a better way? Like, I understand the message of this story. It's a, it's a cool, cool background. Uh, this is an Israeli director who moved here five years ago. I do think that they have good intentions. But when one of them talks about how she dedicated this to her baby because she doesn't want him growing up in a world where this stuff happens, I, I just, I hate the execution of this short film. And I hate that it's being celebrated. While I also fully agree with the overall intent of what they wanted to say. Um, but I, I did not think it was anywhere near the best live action short. So that was kind of a bummer. I was disappointed in the documentary feature. I liked period end of sentence. I thought it was really well done and I loved their, the acceptance speech, but I wanted black sheep to win. And I think it was mainly due to the way in which it was documented, the way in which the story told itself um we talked about this on on uh, our ff plus episode that that type of thing where you have you have reenactments interspersed with interviews uh really feels more compelling to me whereas period end of sentence kind of just felt straightforward even though i enjoyed being educated on that particular subject um it it was eh, it was fine yeah, that was a, a fun little moment, too, for the room, trying to have me explain to everybody what that film was about and why they should watch it. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Oscars, for making me be the guy that had to do that in the room full of uh, women and my daughter, especially. Perfect. Yeah. perfect. No, I, I like it. It's good. But, yeah, I wanted Black Sheep uh, for sure. Well, real quick, let's kind of talk about that performance before we wrap this up. So... This is the thing that I'm going to remember the most outside of Free Solo winning, and probably you will remember the most outside of Spider-Man winning. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga sitting in the audience, getting up out of their seats as the music slowly begins to play and walking to the stage to sing Shallow together. He in his normal key, which I was incredibly happy about, even though it doesn't sound quite as good. It made it more genuine. Their chemistry, their their closeness in their relationship, their comfortability and and like invul not invulnerability, um, their vulnerability with each other is very obvious when they sing this song. Their passion for this particular song and it was incredible. Yeah, I'm watching this and this isn't Allie and Jackson singing. This is Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper singing. And I think that their their companionship as actors played out in this performance. And I think what what I will remember from that performance is the fact that this was the Lady Gaga that I liked seeing. Um, I watched her performance of this song at the Grammys and she was full on pop Lady Gaga, complete with her own little interpretive dance as she was singing it. And it was just weird to me, which what do you expect? Lady Gaga is incredibly peculiar. <laughs> and and that's fine. I mean, she has made a name for herself. She's talented and she's chosen to have that part of her life be 
portrayed that way, but I'm always going to love the, the alley esque style of innocence of pulled back. I was especially enamored with the fact that you had this set brought up and then all you have is that guitar playing. And like you mentioned, these two just walking up and they start singing and I don't, I don't like the song performances, generally speaking. Like I didn't even really care for this is me last year from the, uh, from the greatest showman. I don't really care for the original song performances. I was kind of glad that a few of them got truncated to 90 seconds to two minutes, but I wanted this one. I wanted this whole song because I love the song and I love those two singing it. I don't know that I want anybody else singing that song no. because it's always going to be Bradley and Gaga, Cooper and Gaga. That's, that's exactly how I felt about La La Land and having those songs sung not by them, but by John Legend mm-hmm. during the performance. It was, it was, a, it was awful for me because I needed to hear Gosling and Emma Stone do it. Right. Um, and so I was so glad that we got that. And I really, when he goes over and sits by her on that piano, I was waiting for him to like do the nose touch on her. Like, I, I mean, I just felt like, like it's coming, it's coming. He's going to touch her nose. Like it, that was just, it was the most tender thing. It's so amazing. And I think it's really cool. The relationship that he and his partner of four years, um, Irina shake. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, have with Lady Gaga. It's very clear that they're all super friends. Um, they're very close and, I just think it's, it's awesome. Um, that, you know, for his partner to be willing to allow them to be able to form this relationship in order to tell us these stories, that's another level of like incredible trust. And for anyone out there, like making all the jokes about like, Oh, Bradley and, you know, Lady Gaga and she just broke off her engagement and clearly there's something going on. Please watch, watch the Oscars, watch the red carpet and look at how Bradley Cooper looks at his partner. Okay. Look at the way that they react when they're in the seats together. Look at the way they touch each other. They hold hands and then try to tell me that they aren't still perfectly in love with each other. They are, their relationship is totally fine. And I hate it when the world feels the need to make presumptions about other people's relationships. I think that's very, very bad. So I don't like that at all. Um, and I just want to point that out. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to hit on from the Oscars? No, I think we hit the highlights. All right. Well, then let's get going on the next section of the show, which is the Feelers Choice Awards. Oh man. This is, good. is exciting. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna give some statistics of what you found out as we as we went through these before we actually announced them? I don't because we don't really have that many statistics. Okay. Um, there's only a couple of things I pulled out for these, but I, I just wanted to, I just want to start going through them and just, uh, you know, knock them out really. Oh. All right. So you want to alternate? Yeah. How about we alternate? How about you start us off and then I'll go second and we'll just go back and forth. All right. So we'll start out with best costume design and we had Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite. Paddington 2 and Solo, a Star Wars story, and the winner for best costume design is Black Panther. 
Yay! Yay! So not only is Ruth E. Carter winning and breaking records at the Oscars, she is breaking records here at Feeler's Choice Awards, too. I think. I have no idea if that's true or not, but we're very <laughs> proud of her. And we think it's awesome that Black Panther won the award for the Feeler's Choice as well. All right, best documentary, we had Free Solo, Minding the Gap, They Shall Not Grow Old, Three Identical Strangers, and Won't You Be My Neighbor. And the winner was Won't You Be My Neighbor. So really happy about that one. I'm really yep. happy about that one. <laughs> I, I, as much as I wanted Free Solo to win everything this year, I think I would have been a little bit disappointed or even... You know, very shocked if the Feelin' Film Facebook group and listeners did not pick Won't You Be My Neighbor <laughs> of all movies uh, for an award. So really cool to see the Mr. Rogers documentary get awarded by us. Yes. All right. Best animated feature. Incredibles 2. Isle of Dogs. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And Teen Titans Go to the Movies. And the winner of Best Animated Feature is, I'm proud to say, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yay. Right. Yep, yep. One for us two really was not ever in question. This yeah. was a pretty strong victory, if yeah. I do say so. Next, we had Best Original Screenplay. Love, love, loved our nominees. We had Blind Spotting, Eighth Grade, First Reformed. I Love Doggos, and Searching. And the Feelers' Choice Award goes to Bo Burnham for 8th Grade, which yes, great pick. makes me super excited. I wish that it would have been nominated for an Oscar, but not only did it win, I believe, a SAG, which is a huge honor to be uh, recognized by its peers, it does win the Feelers' Choice Award, which makes perfect sense again. Fantastic. All right. Moving on to Best Adapted Screenplay, we had Annihilation, Black Klansman, First Man, The Hate You Give, and A Star Is Born. And the Feeler's Choice Award goes to Black Klansman, Charlie Watchell, David Rabinowitz, Kevin Wilmot, and Spike Lee. We'll now allow Spike to come up and say a few words. I would do that as long as I get to give him a big bear hug. There goes our uh, explicitless content freedom. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if yeah. we were to allow Spike up here, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I uh, I liked that win as well. That was fine by me, and good job on the feelers. Next, we had best original song. We had always remember us this way, the best song from *The Star Is Born*. Hearts beat loud. From Hearts Be Loud, Shallow, from A Star Is Born, Sunflower, from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings, from The Ballad of Buster Shrugs. And the Feeler's Choice Award went to, unsurprisingly, Shallow, for A Star Is Born. Yes, a very deep pick for a song called Shallow. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Won at Hearts Beat Loud, knew it wasn't going to win, but glad it got nominated. I think I made it pretty clear what I wanted just a second ago. Yes. <laughs> when I was reading them off. You should. <laughs> no bias at all. None. <laughs> Best original score is our next category. And we had eighth grade, 
First Man, If Bill Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And the Feeler's Choice Award goes to First Man, Justin Hurwitz. Aaron is doing his backflips right now. (laughs) This is so good. I'm so happy. So happy. He's redeemed. (laughs) I was very, very upset when this was not nominated for an Oscar. Probably the most among the most things that I was upset about when it came to the nominations for that. And I am just so, so, so proud of the feelers for picking Justin Hurwitz uh, and honoring his score in First Man, which I think is phenomenal. We next have Best Sound Editing. And I am proud to say, based on our nominees, that our Feelers Choice listeners know what sound editing is. <laughs> they chose for the nominees Annihilation, Black Panther, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. And the winner is A Quiet Place, which is a very worthy winner in this category and really, really cool to see. I actually wanted this to take home the Oscar. I I didn't think it would, but... I think it was either sound editing or sound mixing, but I think it was uh, it was definitely one that I wanted to to take home the gold, even though it didn't. But glad it's taking home the gold here for the feeler's choice. In some ways, the better award, but whatever. We'll move on. Best visual effects. We have Aquaman. We have Avengers: Infinity War. We have First Man. We have Ready Player One. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And the winner for Best Visual Effects in your Feeler's Choice Award is Avengers Infinity War. Recount! (laughs) Recount! (laughs) I think you meant to say Aquaman, Patrick. It spells Avengers Infinity War for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't really argue with this. The uh, Infinity War special effects were incredible. We yeah. all know that and a uh, very worthy winner for the Feeler's Choice Award here. By the way, I totally forgot to mention this during the Oscars segment, but during the red carpet, I saw Jason Momoa and his wife arrive and they were wearing matching pink outfits. He had a pink suit on and he was wearing a pink scrunchie on his wrist, which I'm sure was for him based on his wife's hairdo. That is pretty darn cool. I got to admit. Is he married to Lisa Bonet? He sure is. That's right. They have a beautiful relationship. Um, That's great. He's also a really good dad from all accounts. So, And I thought it was neat that he awarded Alex his award. So Aquaman got to give my favorite award out to my favorite documentary. It was pretty, just, just a really all-around cool moment for me, especially because Jason Momoa has climbed with Alex Honnold before. Um, you can see that on his YouTube and or on his, uh, sorry, on his Instagram if you're curious. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was just a really, really cool moment all around for me. Doesn't surprise me that I, that he climbed with him. Well, the next Feeler's Choice Award is for Best Cinematography. We had Annihilation, First Man, If Beale Street Could Talk, Roma, and A Star is Born up for this award. And the winner was Roma. Alfonso Cuaron takes home the trophy here, just as he did at the Oscars. And this one, Patrick, was the closest one of our entire voting Roma beat first man and Linus Sandgrid's cinematography by one vote. It was the the closest race we had 
Um, so a lot of love for First Man. Really happy about that as well. I thought yeah. that I thought all of these were phenomenal. I mean, cinematography is just continues year after year to get better and better. It mm-hmm. seems. I mean, I could I would have been fine with any of these winning the award, but yep, Roma takes it. And I like seeing, just as a side note, I like seeing Annihilation in several of these categories. I think it, it kind of got forgotten because of the, maybe the early release date and because of the weird factor, but you and I both enjoyed it. I think you enjoyed it more the second and third time that you, you watched it. And so it's great to see it kind of having some love with our, with our feelers here. All right. We're getting into our performances and we start with the best actor in a supporting role. Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Hugh Grant for Paddington 2, Jesse Plemons for Game Night, Mahershala Ali for Green Book, and Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. And the winner goes to Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. Man crush for days. Yes. Yes, <laughs> our guy. Love it. And I love that he and I love that he presented an award as part of the Creeds. By the way, yes. with Tessa Thompson. Yeah. That was super cool. That was- uh, but yeah, this is awesome. Um, you know, good for him. As I said earlier, my only pop figure from Black Panther currently, currently, <laughs> currently, hint, hint, is Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. And if there was a Creed pop, I would probably get that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Best actor in a leading role. Our nominees were Bradley Cooper, Christian Bale, Davi Diggs, Ethan Hawke, and John Cho. An excellent lineup, if I do say so myself. I would agree. And the winner of the Feeler's Choice is Bradley Cooper as Jackson Maine in A Star is Born. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I really, really I do. I flippin' do, too. The more I watch this movie, the more I fall in love with it, and the more I respect everything this man accomplished as director screenwriter as actor at changing his voice um, i mean there, there is so much that he put in to this like we talk about movies that are passion projects this is what that was and the 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 level of effort and, and just energy that goes into this as compared to even directing just a normal film is so elevated and it, and it came out and we as an audience are the recipient of that we get to enjoy the emotional response of um, his performance. So we get the fruits, and it's pretty great. Absolutely. All right, best actress in a supporting role. We have Claire Foy from First Man, Emily Blunt from A Quiet Place, Rachel McAdams from Game Night, Rachel Weiss from The Favorite, and Regina King from If Beale Street Could Talk. And the Feeler's Choice Award goes to... Emily Blunt from A Quiet Place. Wow. That's a surprise. That was, I did not expect that. That is a feeler's choice focused award right there. I think so many of our group connected with A Quiet Place that I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised. (laughs) I'm still a little surprised, but I think that that's what did it is it's the emotionality in those performances. Uh, that really comes through. I really like seeing that. It's one makes our awards unique and special, and that's really cool, man. Um, good for her. I like it. I like it. Well, best actress in a leading role is next, and the nominees were Elsie Fisher, yay, 
Lady Gaga, Olivia Coleman, Tony Collette, yay, and Yalitza Aparicio. So we had a couple nominees in here that were not Oscar nominated. I am very happy with. And the winner of the Feeler's Choice Award goes to Elsie Fisher for eighth grade, which Gucci. (laughs) Exactly. Well done. Um, that is really cool. So eighth grade wins for best actress in a leading role and screenplay, man. That's awesome. Does that mean it's a precursor for it winning a best picture? Is it, really, is it predictable yet? Have we had enough of these awards that we can get to predicting them? That'd be fun. Maybe yeah. somebody will do that next year. The third annual. <laughs> we can, yeah. Do we have much of a sample size here? <laughs> but congratulations to Elsie Fisher. That's an, an excellent, excellent victory for her and well-deserved. Well-deserved, right. Best director. We have Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Bo Burnham for Eighth Grade. Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Damien Chazelle for First Man, and Spike Lee for Black Klansman. And the Best Director Award goes to Alfonso Cuaron, Roma. And he's going to get up and give us an epic speech about how amazing being a director is and how he's going to give us a great movie again next year. So Is he? I don't know that he is. I don't think he has a movie coming. <laughs> I mean, I just figured. You know, he's well, got a good track record. Totally worthy winner for for um, Alfonso Cuaron to to be the victor here in the Feelers Choice Awards as well. Um, a little bit surprised, I will admit. I thought that based on some of the previous awards we saw, the Feelers Choice could go to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean. Could have gone to Cooper. He won Best Actor. Could have gone to Eighth Grade and Bo Burnham. They had a couple wins. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. He won Best Screenplay for us. So this was pretty wide open, just like the Oscars. Um, But yet, Quaron takes it home, director and cinematographer. That leads us to Best Picture, which is not our top award, by the way. We have two more after this, so stick around. The Best Picture nominees for the Feeler's Choice were Avengers Infinity War, Blind Spotting, Eighth Grade, First Man, Paddington 2, A Quiet Place, Roma, Searching, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and A Star is Born. And the Feeler's Choice Award for Best Picture goes to Roma. Wow. Now that is a shocker. Wow. The Feeler's Choice Award went to Roma and not the Oscar. I am surprised, to say the least. Um, This lineup alone, any of these movies would have, I would have picked to be a winner over Roma. I would have too, personally, but that's okay. That doesn't make Roma not worthy. No. I actually think that this eight right here, or is it ten? We have ten. These 10 are collectively, because A Star is Born is included, these are nine other films that are collectively, I guess A Star is Born and Rome are included. So the other eight, to me, are all better than the other nominees that were up for the Oscar for Best Picture. So I think that the feelers did a phenomenal job with these nominees, and it's really cool to see that they picked Roma. Uh, That was not one I would have predicted at all. What would you have predicted? I would have picked either A Star is Born or Eighth Grade. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. Both of those I felt like had so much support from the group and from the listeners that I've heard from over the course of the last year that either of those uh, could have pulled this off. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we do regular voting here. We don't do that crazy Oscar. No preferential ballot. No, no preferential ballots here. So it's it's pure. <laughs> Aaron, as you mentioned, we have two more categories that are specific to our Feeler's Choice Awards. We have the poignant performance of the year. And then we have the emotion picture of the year. And I, I, I especially love these because I think this is where the heart of our community, heart of our show, everything about what we're about really stands out when it comes to this type, these types of awards. So I'll kick us off with the poignant performance of the year, beginning with David Diggs in Blind Spotting, Elsie Fisher, Eighth Grade, John Cho, Searching, John Krasinski, A Quiet Place, and Thomason Harcourt McKenzie, Leave No Trace, and the winner of the poignant performance of the year is John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. Wow, so both performances. Yes, husband and wife taking home some gold. I'll be darned. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I definitely voted for this. I didn't vote for this to win, but I voted for this in the nominations because as a father, that performance definitely resonated strongly with me, especially a certain I love you scene that was one of the most wrecking moments of the year for me when it came to movies. Uh, I love this. I love this choice. Good job. From the listeners on yeah. picking John Krasinski, man. Mm -hmm. Well deserved. Well deserved. Well, the last award for us is the Emotion Picture of the Year. Um, some of these nominees are the same. What's really cool is always noticing the different ones from the Best Picture because you get to kind of separate out some of those Best Pictures that weren't as emotionally affecting. And the nominees for this award are Avengers Infinity War, Blind Spotting, Eighth Grade. The Hate You Give, Leave No Trace, A Quiet Place, The Writer, Roma, A Star is Born, and Won't You Be My Neighbor. Another fantastic lineup of movies that I am so proud of, the, the people to pick these. The winner of the 2019 Emotion Picture of the Year is Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> so we're not afraid to award a comic book movie here folks because no. we understand the impact of this film that it had on everybody and i think this is really cool I, it could have gone to any of these and i would have been just as happy but i'm totally pleased with avengers infinity war personally because it did a number on all of us that saw this movie i mean it is such a well-told story well put together and it is certainly emotionally affected it had one thing that we'd been wanting in a comic movie. What is that? Steaks. Steaks. Yeah, absolutely. It sure did. And so looks like the people recognized that and awarded it. So that's it, folks. That's your 2019 Feeler's Choice Awards. Couple of stats. All 10 Best Picture nominees received votes during the, the voting process. So that's pretty cool. Much like the Oscars this year, it was all over the place. I mean, it was wide open race. Um, and then total awards by movie, if you're curious, A Quiet Place in Roma 
tied with three victories each. Avengers Infinity War had two, Black Panther had two, Eighth Grade had two, A Star is Born had two. The other movies with one win each were First Man, Black Klansman, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Won't You Be My Neighbor. This was awesome. I really enjoy the Feeler's Choice Awards. It's so fun to see what everybody picks. I I think that this was collectively one of the best groups of awardees of the entire season that I saw, and I know that I'm probably a little biased, but frankly, I mean, these worked for me as good or better than anybody else's. I would agree, and I think two ingredients went into making this a great feeler's choice. One, 2018 was a fantastic year for movies. And two, we've got a great, great group of people that were voting on these uh, awards. So thank you guys for voting. Thanks for being part of the process. For you, by you, to you. Feeler's Choice 2019, over and out, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And if you want to be a part of that voting next year, that all happens in the Facebook group. We pimp the Facebook discussion group all the time, but that's because it's such a great place. It's always growing. More folks are joining, and we would love to have you come be a part of that too. You can find a link in the show notes, and you can find a link on the website. You can just type in Feel and Film into Facebook search, and you can find it that way too. We keep it locked down to the Facebook group when it comes to nominations and voting on these awards because we don't want to have people that are not listeners of the show having a voice in what we consider our awards. It keeps them honest. It keeps them true to the taste of this specific group of fans of the show. And so we'd love to have you be, be a part of that as well. And you're welcome to come join us. Yep. So this next week, we have our February Donor Pick episode on 12 Years a Slave coming up, some bonus content for our patrons related to celebrating Black History Month, and then next week, we'll be taking on Black Klansmen. So be sure to listen up. That's all for us, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at FeelinFilm, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places and would love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, You can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.